Limitless Love by Kenny Copeland. R.L. Shaddai for July 25th. Now when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Genesis 17, 1 and 2. New American Standard. <clears throat> Again, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Genesis 17, 1 and 2. Every time God introduces himself by a particular name in the Bible, he is always revealing another dimension of his love. Sometimes we as non-Hebrew speaking people miss the revelation he has given because we fail to fully translate God's names. When he said to Abraham, for example, I am almighty God, that he actually said in the Hebrew was, I am El Shaddai. Although El Shaddai is the Almighty One or the Supreme Being, the root word from which Shaddai is derived literally refers to a woman nursing a baby. It can actually be translated the Bresley One. My, what a marvelous description of God. On one hand, it points to the inexhaustible and bountiful supply He has for us. It reveals that He is the ultimate provider. He has more than enough of everything we will ever need. On the other hand, this name reveals that God not only has a full supply, He is yearning to give it. As one commentary says, the title Shaddai really indicates the fullness and riches of God's grace and would remind the Hebrew reader that from God cometh every good and perfect gift, that he is never weary of pouring forth his mercies upon his people, and that he is more ready to give than they are to receive. Just as a mother who is full of milk for her baby longs and even needs to nurse that child, our God is so full of compassion that he searches throughout the earth for someone to receive it. It is only in the giving of his supply that he finds full satisfaction and release. That's an amazing revelation in itself, but even more staggering is this. Abram isn't the one who went to God and asked him to be his divine provider. Abram didn't know enough about God to ask him for anything. God was the initiator. God was the one who came to him and said, Here I am, Abram. I have come to be your blesser. I have come to be your multiplier. I've come to pour out my inexhaustible supply. As children of Abraham, Galatians 3, 7, God has said the same thing to us. He has, by his Holy Spirit and his written word, spoken to us. As surely as he spoke to Abram, he has come to be our El Shaddai, and in his love and bountiful provision, we are richly blessed. Amen and amen. As children of Abraham, in Galatians 3, 7, again, God has said the same thing to us. 
he has by his Holy Spirit and his written word spoken to us as surely as he has spoken to Abram, he has come to be our El Shaddai. And in his love and bountiful provision, we are richly blessed. Now, the significant reading of this passage of Genesis 17, 1 and 2 hits home to me where it says, Now when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Amen. Don't you sense that he's talking to us? He's actually talking to us directly through that. That's how I feel. I feel that the Lord is telling us, sit at my right hand and wait till I make your enemies your footstool. Poverty, lack, all the things the enemy throws at us. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Keep your eye on the cross, on Jesus. I will establish my covenant between me and you. I will multiply you exceedingly. So one way we can walk before the Lord God is to worship and praise Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. Now, if you have a resistance in your heart and you're not 100% sure that Jesus is Lord, He's, He is everything that the Bible says and more, creator of every molecule, just keep working on Him. Keep praising Him and keep asking Him to show you that resistance will, will, go, will get less and less every year until it floods and lets go through the Word of God. Amen. It's just the fallen nature that wants to fight against giving Jesus honor, giving anybody honor. Let go and let God walk before Him. Amen. On July 26, it says... Don't leave the blessing sitting on the shelf. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundredfold. Mark 4.20. That's very interesting on this scripture, because we can take that last scripture, John 17, where it says, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Let that scripture sink down in our souls so it will be ours, so we will get a hundredfold return sown on that word in our hearts. Amen. Some years ago, right after I finished reading, recording a new album, says Kenny Copeland, the Lord spoke to my heart and told me to offer the recording free to all my partners. Huh? You even pay the postage on it. Huh? He didn't. He said, don't charge them a dime. I want to use that music to bless them in a special way. 
I knew it would be expensive, but I love the Lord and I love my partners, so I bought enough to send a copy of that record to everyone in our mailing list. Then I wrote a letter including a card they could return along with a postage pit envelope and told them just to send that card back to me if they like to receive the record. I'll send it to them free. Much to my amazement, only a small percentage responded. So I went back, the Lord about it. What happened here? I said, the same thing happened to you that happened to me all the time, he answered. <laughs> I provide the blessing for my people. I offer the blessing as a free gift, but most don't respond. I'm ready to give, but they won't receive. That's the truth. I thought most people aren't receiving the blessing of God's love for the same four reasons my partners didn't receive the record I offered them. Number one, they didn't want it. I can't understand that in any case of my music, but it astounds me to think people have that attitude towards the blessing of God. They do, though. I've heard people say things like, Oh, I don't need to speak in tongues. I don't have any use for that. I don't need to prosper financially. Imagine God loving us enough to give people gifts and they don't even appreciate them enough to receive them. The second reason people miss out on the blessing of God is they don't know they're available. Just like some of my partners didn't read the letter and find out I had a gift for them, some of God's children don't bother to read the word and find out all he has provided for them. The benefits, the benefits. So even though his gifts to them have already been paid for by the blood of Jesus, they're left unused, sitting on a heavenly shelf. Third, there were the people who read the letter but didn't believe it. They doubted either my ability or my willingness to do what I promised. Finally, There were the folks who read it, believed it, but just didn't act on it. They got distracted with other things and ended up missing out. When it comes to receiving the blessing of God, don't let yourself miss it for any of those four reasons. Don't leave it sitting on the shelf. Find out what He has provided for you. Believe and receive and enjoy all the good gifts God has lovingly laid in store for you. Amen and amen. Wow. I'm going to start reading all his letters that sent to me because we have received a lot of free stuff. Not only did he send that recording, but he started sending out books and uh, blessing books and Bibles. And we have received a lot of material, even the material I'm reading to you right now, this Live and Love book, we received two of them, and that's the one I'm using to read to you. He sent that to me, blessing. I've been a partner since 1988 or so, 86, and um, I haven't given all that much to the ministry. Ever since I'm in a pinch or I'm in a tight situation, I'll send out money to all these organizations. And I'm still here. I'm still alive, miraculously being provided for. Now, let's go ahead and uh, say a few positive sayings. Say, I am easily and happily receiving the blessings from God. Say that with me. Say, I am easily and happily receiving the blessings from God. Say it again. Say, I am easily and happily receiving blessings from God. 
Okay, they call it the blessing, so let's try it again. I am easily and happily receiving the blessing of God. Come on, one more time. I am easily and happily receiving the blessing of God. Amen. Or you can look up into heaven and say, Father, I am easily and happily receiving your blessing from God. Amen. Any way you put it, at least say it five times and practice saying it with your heart. Let it out like your heart. Father, I am easily and happily receiving your blessings. Amen. You know, we open our hearts, we open the flesh. Not only do we ask God, but we train our own selves to be ready to receive the blessing of God. You know, something happened to me. I started saying on the mirror, I am easily, happily acting lean. And I started walking all of a sudden. I am easily and happily acting fortunate. And I started looking at new equipment and, and seeing how people who buy new equipment and what their mentality is and how every few years they buy new equipment and what their they, their capabilities are. It's a it's level of thinking, of not thinking, thinking of supplying and getting work done with good equipment. Amen. So that's a level of blessing for me to move up and to start doing uh, more things to get the Word of God out, to do something I love. I love to read. I love to investigate the blessings of God. I love to study God and how he works and how he operates in humanity. That's, and I love to encourage people. Say, get up or I'm going to kick you in the chins. Get your butt up and get going. Clap your hands. It, it, enough is enough. That didn't work. Shake it off. Start walking and praising and thanking God. Say, left foot say, praise the Lord. Right foot say, thank you, Jesus. Left foot said, praise the Lord. Right foot, say, thank you, Jesus. And put a little stick in there so you can remind yourself of where you, what you're committed to so it comes out automatically to our subconscious mind. Is this too much for you? Is this too hard? Do you want... Is this too... My family says I am 100% fanatical, which they're only 25% fanatical, my older sister. Ain't nothing like our siblings that make us laugh and laugh and belly laugh, huh? They're wonderful, loving people. Amen. All right, July 27th, the blessing of giving. Uh-oh. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, 35. Amen. You know, I always think about that. I remember one time I gave just about everything I own. And I felt so free. I gave all my tools. I gave my my truck parts and stuff. And just started giving everything to everybody. And I felt so, so much freedom. You know? Because stuff... I don't have stuff. They have me. 
they have my consciousness, they have my, and they're just taking up real estate. They're taking up, they're sitting there just taking up real estate, valuable real estate. <laughs> okay, Kenny Copeland says for July 27th, the blessing of giving, he says, most people quote this verse without having any idea what it really means. Yes, brother, they say in their most pious tone of voice, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Have you ever asked that question? What is it that's so much better about giving than receiving? I'll tell you, it's when you're giving that you begin to understand something about the heart of God. It's when you're giving with a cheerful attitude and a true desire to bless someone that you get a glimpse into the mind of your Heavenly Father. The more you give, the more you realize how much joy there is in it. You start finding out how much fun it is to be like Him. You become more aware that He is in you and that His nature springs to life when you start to express it. What's more, as you experience the delight of blessing others, you get a first-hand look at how much the Lord delights in blessing you. As a result, your faith is strengthened. That's why giving puts receiving into motion. Receiving doesn't put giving into motion. Once you give, your revelation of God's love increases and you're better able to receive. Then, because you're caught on to the thrill of giving, your receiving just becomes a way for you to give more. If you get on the road and stay on it, you'll act more like God every day. You'll want to meet every need you see. My mother was like that, not so much in the realm of finances, but in the area of prayer. She had a revelation of the power of prayer and started praying for others at an early age. She was at the throne of God day and night, obtaining blessings or help for someone who needed it. She lived to pray for people and got greater joy from it than you can imagine. In the process, she learned more about God than most folks she will ever know. <clears throat> she was so close to him, she could get him to do just about anything for her. I remember once the Lord guaranteed I wouldn't fail in ministry. When I asked him why, he simply said, because I have your mother in my face. <laughs> Mama was like that even in her very last days on earth. Just before she died, she got so weak that the doctor ordered her not to pray to for anyone else. Her body was just worn out and he wanted her to reserve her strength. But even so, she was praying for people who were in the hospital with her right up to the very end. At a time when you would expect her to be asking for prayer from others, she was still getting a thrill out of giving it away, no doubt. She entered heaven shouting, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and looking for someone to pray for. <laughs> because she discovered it, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's go ahead and pray for the unfortunate to the vagabonds, the peddlers, the, uh, the homeless, the drunks, the people that are in our neighborhood and, are, and they, they fall into our spirits that maybe ask us for a dollar or we don't give them or we give them advice or they don't want to take it, they don't want to go to rehab, they don't, they've been there and, and they want to keep on drinking. And so you say, well, I'm just going to pray for the person 
uh, and let them let them uh, bump their heads until they say uncle until they're ready you know there are so many kind helpful loving treatment centers that will get help you get your butt get your head out of the butt help those people it helped me the 12 step program where men are men and women are women most of the time integrity and honor flows really easy which first time I ever saw that anyway thank you for tracking to me let's go ahead and pray for those people that are in our hearts that need help let's go ahead and think about them for a minute we're going to pray Psalm 23 for them which is very effective when we walk Psalm 23 puts uh, puts them that they shall not want that the Lord is their pastor and he leaves them beside the still waters the Lord restores their souls here we go the Lord is their shepherd they shall not want he makes them lie down in green pastures he leaves them beside the still waters he restores their souls he leads them in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they will fear no evil. For you are with them, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they comfort them. You prepare a table before them in the presence of their enemies. You anoint their heads with oil. Their cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life, and they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for coming in here today and listening to this incredible teaching of receiving. Don't forget to get your reward by speaking to yourself in the mirror by saying, I am easily and happily receiving the blessings of God. Father, I am easily and happily receiving your love today. For your glory and your honor, in Jesus' name, amen. For his glory and his honor. When people see you with nice things and with a nice car, a nice house, nice clothing, nice rested well in your right mind, who do they give the credit to? When I see that, I usually see give the credit to a good wife when I see a, a, a young man well-dressed and in good posture. But then you go further. You you see it to uh, a good father. A good father that takes care of his children. That's what our father longs to do. That's what our father longs to do for us. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think. Here he, the father says to us, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Continue to grow in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, family. Give them heaven. Limitless Love, July 15th. Blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, I also send you. John 20, 21. New American Standard. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. There is a reason why we as believers need to receive all the blessing God has promised us. There's a reason why we should fight the good fight of faith and receive the fullness of the victory Jesus brought to us. Jesus bought for us. Spirit, soul, and body. It's not just that we can have our bills paid and our bodies healed. It's not just so that we can enjoy our lives and watch television in comfort. No, the reason is far greater than that. We ought to do it because we love the Lord Jesus. We ought to do it because He sent us to represent Him to the world, just as He was sent to represent the Father to the world. We ought to do it because He's given us a purpose and a calling, and we want to fulfill it. Many Christians seem to have the idea that Jesus is going to do things in the earth apart from His church. They seem to think that even without us, He can minister to people and carry out the Great Commission. But that's not the picture the New Testament presents. It says that we are the body of Christ in the earth. Although Jesus is the head, the works that He does now on the earth, He does it through us all. Our bodies are necessary to Jesus. They are the temples of His Holy Spirit. We need strong, healthy bodies to do what He needs done. Our minds are important to Jesus. We need minds that are free from the oppression of the devil. We need minds that are keen, filled with the wisdom of God so that we can effectively serve the Master. Our finances are important too. Jesus, we need to prosper enough to have money to do what Jesus has called us to do on the earth. Do you remember how Jesus healed and delivered the madman of Gadara? Jesus set that man free from a legion of demons. He clothed him and put him in his right mind. But that's not the end of the story. Before Jesus left that man, he said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee. Mark 5.19 Jesus set that man free <clears throat> to fulfill a purpose and a calling. He does the same thing for you and me. That's why it's selfish for us to be satisfied with less than God intends us to have. That's why it's selfish for us to let the devil defeat us in any area of our lives. Jesus needs you and me to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. If we're sick, broken down, and always hurting, we won't be able to carry out the mission He has given us. Jesus needs us to be spiritually, physically, and financially able to complete the works He started. He needs us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. And if we truly love Him, that's exactly what we'll do. Amen and amen. And that's exactly what we're doing. If we see somebody in the street and doesn't want help and he's drinking, 
then we pray for him, pray for him, Psalms 23, till we have peace. Maybe it's better than taking him to a rehab. Maybe it's better than, than putting him up in a hotel and try to get him dry only for him to drink again. Maybe it's better than bringing him to your home. He's a frozen snake and may hurt you and everyone around you. Maybe it's best that we plead the, the heavens and pray Psalm 23 over that person. And if the opportunity comes in the future, it's going to be easy, it's going to be calm, it's going to be productive, and it's going to be safe to help others and get the salvation in them as they once... I once picked up a guy in the freeway. I, I was coming down Highway 99 and it was a cold, cold morning. You know where you have the, the fog lifting up and it's they water the, the, the fields out there and it's extremely winter cold. I'm coming down from visiting my kids. When I was a young man, I went up there and I had a couple of boys. And I'm driving down, headed to work, and I pull over this gas station to use the restroom and the gas station is not only closed, but it's abandoned. And I, I pulled around, around it and I see up against the wall a, a well-dressed Hispanic man that was from the Bay Area, from the San Jose area. Meaning well-dressed, he had a very thin, thin jacket. You know, it, it wasn't for wintertime. And he was red and he was shivering. <sighs> you know, and standing with his hands pockets there. And I... And I motioned him, come on in. He came into the warm truck. I gave him a chocolate and coffee I was drinking. He drank it. And I'm telling what are you doing over here? He goes, I just came from Washington. Uh, well, I found out that a drug deal gone bad and they were after him. And he took off north, then he came back down. So two, three minutes into the conversation, I look to the right and he's out. I'm in my pickup truck and he is out as a light and he is snoring. He is just completely out within four minutes. Make a long story short, I drove him home to my apartment and threw, uh, got him up, put him on the couch and I went to work. I came back eight hours later and I walked up to the couch. He hadn't moved. This is a true story, folks. And, but I saw that he was breathing. So I went to sleep, got up the next day, made my lunch, went to work. He was still in the same position. Came back, still in the same position, breathing. Went to sleep, got up, still in the same position. Went to work, came back, still in the same position. He slept for three days. He was resurrected. <laughs> On the fourth day, he got up, and when I got home, he had made some beans. And I didn't even forget his name. And we were talking. At that time, I had fellowship with a, a Spanish church. And he spoke Spanish, mostly Spanish. And I had nice people coming over. And we had a meeting. They were 17, 18, 19, 20, 23, 25 years old. And we had Bible studies. And he sat there and listened. I gave him a little pamphlet on how to be saved. He said he read it six, seven times. He goes... And he kept saying, is this true? Is this real? Is this true? He kept saying that and stuff. And once, uh, on my, it was my day off, and I asked him, I think he stood with me a couple of weeks. I asked him, I said, hey, I'm going to go to my mom's house and put in a water heater, a shed. Would you like to go with me? 
And he goes, yeah. And so he came down. He met my mom. And we started putting the, the water, and it was hot, the water. Um, and he started bleeding from his nose as he, uh, as he sneezed. And then he couldn't stop bleeding from his nose, and he started spitting out blood, and he laid down. And, he, and my mom got him a coffee can, laid him on the garage on a hutch. And he, he filled the, the, the coffee can with spit and blood halfway. And my mom came with some cold water and she says, he's trembling. He's hot and he's trembling. You better take him to General Hospital. So I threw him in the truck, took him to General Hospital and went in there. And then they put him in a waiting room. And again, he fills up the tray full of blood and spit. And no, and he's sitting there. No one's actually sitting in a gurney and no one's attending him. So, and he tells me, he tells me, it's getting dark. I see black spots. It's getting dark. And I tell him, hang on, hang on. And I ran over and I bought a Coca-Cola and ran back to him. And here, this thing's got sugar and water and all that stuff. And, and he drank it and he drank it. And then I, I went in the hall and I started yelling in the hall. Hey, hey, you know, like a madman. Got two or three doctors to come and look at him and look up his nose. What happened, he had taken uh, cocaine and it burst. One of the cocaines had burst one of the uh, the nerves in his nose, and they couldn't stop the bleeding. So what they did is they finally decided to put a bunch of stuff, some gauze, up his nose. And that guy had, the nose was so big, as big as one of his ears, you know. And um, went home. They said, bring him back the next day in a couple of days. And he, with a big old nose, and... Uh, and we're sitting there, and finally he stopped, and he got some strength and some IV, and we're filling out some paperwork, and I'm there helping him, and I'm looking down as I'm, and he looks at me, and he looks at the doctor, and he looks at me, and he says, I want to be a Christian. And then after that, he, uh, a couple of days later, we went back to the general hospital, and he, uh, he we went in there and we couldn't find the place where to come and visit again. And and right in the elevator, we went up and down the elevator in the General Hospital in Los Angeles. We were standing outside the elevator and the guy proceeded to pull the 25 feet of gauze, strips of gauze out of his nose, a string. And he's putting it in an ashtray. At that time we used to smoke. And he's pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. And these people are getting out of the elevator and they're aghast. This guy is just pulling this gauze out of his nose about 25 feet and puts it on a tray and he says, I'm fine, let's go now. And one day I came from work and he was gone, completely gone. Later, I, I noticed that he had made calls to uh, the Bay Area and finally went back to, uh, never saw him again, but I will see him in heaven. So that's the story of picking up a person. I told the story to the church. They all got away from me. And I go, isn't that what we're preaching? A small church? They looked at me like if I was out of my mind. I love you all. Thank you for listening in. And that's about all that I have for right now. The Holy Spirit needs for one of you to listen to this. Let's not be afraid. We're courageous. We're, we have the will of the Father in us and the love and the compassion. 
Amen. All right, let's go ahead and pray out. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the heaven, the kingdom, and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen, family. <clears throat> Keep coming back. It's working. <laughs>